Bruce Cook is honored to have you join his conversations with people committed to talking with heart and brain functions in full operating gear. No spin, no agenda, just authentic conversation on just about anything. Welcome to the Bruce Cook Conversation. Deidre Pujols, Vice President of the Pujols Family Foundation and wife of Angels baseball player Albert Pujols, along with Dr. Sandra Morgan of the Global Center for Women and Justice, have joined forces with Strikeout Slavery and Open Gate Kitchen. They discuss the sex and forced labor human trafficking crisis in Southern California with Bruce about how to recognize it and how you can get involved in helping the victims. The Bruce Cook Conversation with your host, Bruce Cook. Trending now, here's your host, Bruce Cook. Brought to you by New Directions for Women. We know recovery. Good Sunday night, Angels radio fans and listeners out there in Southern California. I'm Bruce Cook, and this is The Conversation. First of all, we congratulate Albert Pujols tonight on his home run in Colorado. And guess what? We have his wife, Deirdre, on the show tonight. She's joined Sandra, Dr. Sandra Morgan. And we've got some serious talk to cover, but we do so with the hope that uh, just like pool host today in Colorado, we strike a home run with our listeners tonight because we've got a serious message. Dr. Sandra Morgan has been on the show before. You may remember her if you're a listener, and I hope you are. It happens to be her anniversary coming up. I think it's the 10th, isn't it, Sandra? 10th anniversary uh, of Global Center for Women and Justice, the annual priceless event which raises money that goes to all kinds of services, including education, counseling, treatment, to stop human trafficking. Our special guest, Deirdre Pulholz, is here tonight because she has been a phenomenal, absolutely, unbelievably phenomenal, incredible, I don't have enough adjectives to describe the passion of this woman and also her husband Albert in supporting all kinds of issues in terms of human uh, stopping human trafficking especially here in Southern California ladies and gentlemen listening do you know that we are probably the worst place in the whole United States with this problem it's hard to believe this wonderful Southern California of ours San Francisco LA San Diego are the top three cities on the FBI's 13 most wanted list of criminals dealing in human trafficking. It's a crisis. We know it, but we're scared about it. We don't understand it. It's time it came out from the shadows. Pulholz and Morgan are here to help us to understand it. I want to start by welcoming Deirdre. Say hello to the crowd, Deirdre. Hello, crowd. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Albert set me up for a good interview tonight. He sure did, and we're so happy to have you. And let's say hello to Dr. Sandra Morgan. It's great to be back. I can't hear you. It's great to be back. Th now I can hear you. Okay. Got to get close, huh? So let's start with you, Sandy. Tell the people about Priceless. What is it? It's coming up. What are the expectations? Well, I've been the director of Vanguard University's Global Center for Women and Justice, and that's how I met Dee Dee and Albert Pujols, because they share our vision to end human trafficking. And we use research, education, advocacy, and collaboration to build hope that there will be a future here in our country and beyond without trafficking. So the big question is, we know it's bad, we know it's tough here, we know what you're doing, but because it's worldwide, how do we really get our handle around it? How do we stop it? Deirdre, why don't you jump in with that well um i feel like when when you hear you know dr sandy talk and myself talk um you she has like so much more wisdom in the in the sense of you know when it comes to numbers and and real data and what the government's doing and all these kind of things when you when you hear from me it's going to be more from my personal experience what i've been able to encounter and well, I, that's what I want. I want to yeah. hear that person. That's yeah. what people relate to. Uh -huh. So um, as I've been traveling around the world studying um, with organizations and um, law enforcement and different governmental en entities, 
uh, worldwide to try to understand what everybody's doing, you know, for for the to participate in in fighting this crime. And it, it's so big, it's so vast, it's so different. And there, I think, if Sandy, there's like 27 different types of trafficking titles, which I've, I couldn't probably even name but five of them, um, because it, it's so broad how this particular kinds of activities happen. So um, there is no uh, answer today for your question and as far as how do we end it, but one of the... There are different components of human trafficking that we can try to target as benefactors to uh, the the issue, which, you know, some con- conversations sound like, uh, what is it doing from a pornography standpoint? What is how does that lead up into the, you know, it, it's a criminal, so you got to trace money sometimes. That's how the activity goes. Uh, much of it is due to power and control. Um, and sometimes that seeps into governmental systems like law enforcement and things. So there's um, there's uh, corruption within different departments. So you know there's there are all these things that have to kind of you know you you have to go through. Um, but it's not to say that we can't make a dent into the 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 issue. But what I do through strikeout slavery. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about later. The whole point of that was to create an opportunity for the community to get educated um, and, and at least the sports world. Uh, so so to me, prevention and education is one of the greatest the, the greatest weapons that we can give our community members. Strikeout slavery, you started with Albert about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Where are you today with it? What exactly are you doing with strikeout slavery? Well, strikeout slavery, which um, Sandy's been such a, a huge, um, a, a really credible voice that we can bring into it, because the last thing we want to do is misrepresent this movement, f- both for the survivors and for the organizations who have been fighting so uh, diligently against this issue. Um, but strikeout slavery uh, was really an opportunity to, um, you know, the last three years, it's been an opportunity to actually engage with fans in the stadium with the alliance of organizations um, to try to teach with the time that we have as they're walking through. And we made it a real festival, you know, environment. It's music face, painting, balloons, because we want to try to help people understand that it is a very important issue we need to be talking about in our community, but we can do it in a palatable way, uh, just to get a seed planted in people to want a little, to want to know a little bit more. Um, obviously, with 2020 and no fans in the stands, and we weren't able to do our concert and our festival, um, we've we're actually just um, probably a week away, if not less, from launching what's kind of going to be the more creative way to communicate with people with a national radio campaign. Um, to try to con- continue to keep people educated and keep them interested um, and keep them learning. So that's what we're going to do in 2020. I want to get back to that in a minute, uh, Dee. May I call you Dee? Call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> well, we definitely wouldn't do that. I want to switch to Dr. Morgan for a second. Deirdre brought up the fact that there are different kinds of trafficking. I think most of our listeners are aware that there's sex trafficking and there's forced labor trafficking. Talk about the difference. Talk about how Global Center is dealing with these two different kinds of things and what's happening right now to combat either one here in Southern California. Well, we're very privileged because we have a very established human trafficking task force. We have multiple collaborative partners from victim services, Um, Global Center for Women and Justice is in our third year of partnering with Orange County Department of Education for our annual Ensure Justice Conference because, like Dee Dee said, education is a powerful prevention um, weapon. I love calling it a weapon. Love it. So the idea, though, is people need to understand that sex trafficking is easy to spot but it's actually less common than labor trafficking. And labor trafficking happens to children as well. Children that are um, homeless are recruited to work in places where then they're exploited. But the reason it's easier to spot sex trafficking is because it's against the law to sell people for sex. It's not against the law. It's... Sorry, guys. It's the smoke in the <laughs> it's air, It's the people. smoke in the air. Um, it, so, But it's not against the law to wash dishes 
or change out a hotel room. So labor trafficking, you can walk right by it and not even know. Wow. <coughs> talk about the priceless event, which is coming up. Uh, give us some details and talk about the fact that you're going to do something virtually and you're trying to raise some money. How are we going to do that? Well, it's going to be all online because we had to pivot. And Didi was our speaker a couple years ago, really helped us a lot. And it turned out that the day that we had it then, Albert was in town. So he showed up and brought a home run ball. And it's like, yeah, how do you do that virtually? I don't know. But <laughs> I was there when that happened. And the, I don't know, 500 people at the Four Seasons Hotel, I mean the Island Hotel, excuse yeah. me, went crazy. Everybody was crazy. They were screaming. So, so we've moved it online. We have some really special guests, Cindy McCain and um, Ambassador Richmond, the president of Vanguard University. Some of our survivors like Rachel Thomas and Harmony Dust that are longtime friends. And so I think there's something in it for everybody. There will be no parking, no waiting for valet to bring your car, and it's only one hour from 11 to 12. It's easy to sign up online. It'll be on Facebook Live. And, Bruce, we didn't even sell tickets. We just believe that we've got to have a chance to tell our story, and then people will come alongside and support that. Well, I'm going to ask for callers today on the show People listening out there that want to know more about the event, that want to know how they can participate, how they can contribute. Maybe we'll turn this into a telethon, Dr. Morgan. <laughs> the phone number here at Angel Radio is 714-2-830-830. Not too hard. 714-2-830-830. This is your chance to call in. I want you to call in not only to talk to Dr. Morgan, but it's your chance to talk to Dee, Dee also because we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of why she's doing this. And I know that some of you know her story and you know, you know Albert's story. Both of these people came from basically nothing and they've learned a lot in their life and they wanna share what they've learned with the rest of us and how to come from nothing and become something and become a person of consequence along the way, not just a person who's rich and famous. So with that note and your invitation to call, I'm gonna turn back to Dee Dee because I just read this article about you in, or in the register that Samantha Dunn wrote, mm -hmm. and there was one line that hit me so hard. You talk about your mom and growing up poor in Kansas and the fact that when food insecurity was a reality, if there was just some bread in the house and maybe it was old, your mom made sure you had the fresh slice mm -hmm. and she ate the bad one. Yeah. Talk about that. That is such a message. Yeah. You know, um, I guess that that's probably one of my favorite stories to tell because it just tells you um, what my beginnings did look like, you know, and 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 the effort my mom put forth to make sure that I was going to have a good life no matter what, you know. Um, and then I think I joked around, it, but it was true. You know, I bought her a house, and I always tell her that, you know, if it wasn't for you eating that bread, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's my mom, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a big believer in, in honoring your mother and your father. And um, they were teenagers when I was born. So, you know, they struggled a bit in the beginning. Um, but then when you look at Albert's life, somebody who was, like you said, born into poverty in a third world country, and he's you know to look at the um success that he's had is often why i do what i do whether it's through human trafficking strike out slavery or my other organization um, open gate international uh, which is a culinary school that i started for vulnerable populations one of which was the trafficking uh, survivors um, the reason i do those things is because i just refuse to tolerate people living beneath who god says they are most people know that albert and i are very faith-based people um, without it, you're just on a journey of nothingness. You'll really just go down an empty hole until there's nothing at the end. So Albert and I learned early in his career that, you know, you need to know what you stand for. You're going to fall for anything. It, it could not be more of a valuable tool um, than right now in this generation when everything is at our exposure. So, so we learned that early in Albert's career. 
that is really what perpetuates me to always want to make sure that individuals, whether it's a trafficking survivor, whether it's an individual who's just come out of incarceration, somebody who's lived in the back alleys and have been addicted and homelessness, those people just have identity crisis. They have identity issues and value. Um, they, they don't know what what's going on and so that to me is super significant that we that we're reaching these populations of people because um because i easily could have been one of those people and there's a huge gap of my life that was filled with with addictions and all kinds of other things damaging things you know both to my spirit and my physical life and and I was at suicidal at one point, talking about Suicide Prevention Month that they're advocating the angels right now. Um, I was 19, and I just, you know, kind of came to this place of emptiness. But I had a Bible that I didn't know how to read in my college dorm room windowsill, and I picked it up and just kind of cried out, like, God, I know you had to have made me more, you know, more for something than this. And it wasn't like lightning flashed and my life was better, but he intervened and he made sure that my life was going to reach a place of of fullness of what he created me to be this is the kind of the essence of why i am so passionate about um supporting the efforts of groups like sandy's and the other survivors and the other organizations around the world because they're trying to go after people who need to be embraced with the reality of god's love and not the emptiness of the world so, um, you know, not to try to sound preachy or poetic, but that's this is like my reality. It literally is why I do what I do. And I got to can I jump you in? You got to jump in. I got to jump in Go because ahead. this is not something that she comes to a radio show and she does this. Um, the Open Gate has a kitchen. Can I do like a little plug? For of course. Kitchen? You've got the <laughs> okay. time here. Okay. So, so there's a kitchen in Costa Mesa and the students cook. So you can go there and get takeout or whatever Monday through Friday during lunch. And every time I go, she is there. She's got her apron on. She's doing stuff. She is right there working with the students. So just to clarify for listeners that don't understand, Open Gate is a separate organization from Strikeout Slavery. Yeah. And it is a culinary institute that teaches people how to become restaurant people. Mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Um, Strikeout Slavery. Where is it? Well, it's in Costa Mesa. <laughs> it, I'll tell you in a second, just so people understand. We also have Pujols Family Foundation, which started in 2005. We'll get into that later. But Because people are going to get, you know, they get confused sometimes about all these things that I do. But Strikeout Slavery and Open Gate International were two things that were created out of my kind of like exploring of the world and the need uh, of trying to combat human trafficking. That's what happened with that, with that. This was an opportunity, Strikeout Slavery, to use the Major League Baseball platform to prevent and educate. Open Gate International was a more tangible way to actually take people who are vulnerable or coming out of situations and put them in um, real training and get them into employment. So we've graduated 138 students. We had a really high percentage of them still in jobs before COVID. But we opened a cafe, Open Gate Kitchen, that has four of our graduates, four of our graduates from the program, who run the kitchen, and it's it was led by Judy Lamborn, who's the executive director, and also um, Chef Cynthia, who's just one of the most brilliant chefs I've ever met, who created this brilliant curriculum. Here's the thing: the reason I did this particular uh, organization is because when I studied human trafficking, and maybe Sandy has more specific statistics, um, getting globally getting a person who is coming out of the trafficking world, whether it's labor, immigration, sex trafficking, whatever it is, um, oftentimes I kept seeing a gap between they've been rescued and recovered and now they really need to get back into sustaining and thriving life, healthy lifestyles, but there was no job yeah, how opportunities. Do they do it? Right. Yeah, who's so gonna help them? That's why we created this job training and employment opportunity um, to put them back into our workforce because you know they're better to me and you when they're in our economic systems than sitting under the bridge right absolutely true let's take our first break i hate to even stop because we're on a roll ladies and gentlemen i'm bruce cook and this is the conversation on angels radio we are also heard on all the podcasts if you listen to podcasts so look for the bruce cook conversation and again we're going to take a break but we're open for callers if you want to join Dee Dee and Sandra and I, 714-2830-830. Call during the commercial break. We'll get you on if you've got a question. 
We'll be right back. Angels Radio, AM 830. I'm Dr. Sandra Morgan from the Global Center for Women and Justice at Vanguard University. Thousands of men, women, and children are trafficked right here in the U.S. We are leading the charge to end human trafficking by educating first responders, parents, and students. There is so much more we can do. Help us make a difference. Go to gcwj.org forward slash give. That's gcwj.org. Click on give. Thank you. Hiring the best people can transform your business and help take it to another level. Indeed can certainly help you find those talented people. We have nearly three quarters of all job seekers in the U.S., according to Comscore, and smart tools to help you find the best candidate for you. Indeed also provides flexibility to only pay for what you need and won't lock you into any long-term contracts. Claim your $75 credit to get more quality candidates fast when you post your first job at Indeed.com slash high impact. That's Indeed.com slash high impact. Terms and conditions apply. September is Suicide Prevention Month, and the OC Healthcare Agency wants to foster hope, resilience, and recovery across Orange County. Support our community by reaching out to someone who may be struggling during these challenging times. Together, we are stronger. So together, let's learn how to recognize the warning signs of suicide and find the words to start a conversation and reach out to someone in need. Help uplift OC. Learn how at suicideispreventable.org. Brought to you by the OC Healthcare Agency and suicideispreventable.org. This is your alarm on an ordinary vacation. Hello, ma'am. This is your wake-up call. <sighs> this is your alarm on a real vacation. Go on a real vacation. Go RV. Take the wheel at your nearest RV dealer or at GoRVing.com. If the woman you love, your mother, wife, daughter, sister, partner, or friend is on a downward spiral from substance abuse and doesn't know where to turn, let us help. New Directions for Women, a Costa Mesa-based addiction treatment facility, has the answer. Since 1977, we have helped over 5,000 women change their lives, returning them to sober, healthy living, restoring love, hope, and dignity to them and their families. Don't wait another day. The woman you love needs your help now. Call us at 888-786-0509 or visit us at www.newdirectionsforwomen.org. Again, 888-786-0509. New Directions for Women. We know recovery. Angels Radio. AM 830. And we're back. I'm Bruce Cook. This is The Conversation tonight on Angels Radio, AM 830. My special guests, Dr. Sandra Morgan and Deirdre Pulholz. And we are going to change some lives tonight on radio mm -hmm. in, our, in our short hour. I hope you've been listening. If you haven't and you're just tuning in, our topic is human trafficking. Our topic is bringing people out of poverty and helping them to find a path into society as protective lives and as as Mrs. Pulholz has very personally and passionately shared with us in the first 20 minutes of our show, showing them that there's so much more to their life, so much more to their God-given life than an empty existence. Mm -hmm. They just have to tune in to what the possibilities are. Deirdre brought up some very personal things in the last 20 minutes. She talked about her own situation growing up and at 19, even contemplating suicide. Deirdre, I didn't mean to brush over that. And I'm gonna come back to it in a strange sort of way with Dr. Morgan. I don't know if either of you saw in the L.A. Times this week, there was a front-page story on the in the California section, and I'll just give a little description because I imagine that the people listening don't know it. It's a story about a young woman named Kiana Aldrich who is serving time in prison in California. I think she got a 10-year sentence. 
She was a young woman who was born into poverty in California. Her mother had had experiences with prostitution, father gone. The story is common. It's not something you haven't heard before. From a very young age, she felt abused. She ran away. She, her, her mother's boyfriend was beating the mother. I won't get into too much of that. I'll, I'll skip to what happened. Basically, she fell into a life of trafficking and was, by the time she was a teenager, she was being controlled by uh, both male and female pimps. So, one day, they get an, they look for an ad online. Somebody is looking for a female, young female model for pornography. They answer the ad, the pimp and this young girl, Miss Aldrich, who's going to be sold into this pornography. They answer the ad, and two men show up to meet them to make whatever deal they're going to make. But Aldrich and her pimp had something else in mind. Instead of making a deal to sell her, they kidnapped both of the men, tied them up, threw them in the trunk of the car, stole their wallets because they were starving and had no money, and they used the money from the, from the robbery of the kidnapping to buy things they needed. Fast forward, both of them were arrested. They're both doing time. The men were not charged. And Aldrich is on suicide watch because she is so despondent and desperate and doesn't know what to do and can't get help anywhere. Sandra, I'm going to start with you. Mm. Wow. Well, there are lots of things happening in our criminal justice system. We're looking for reform. And in this particular area, there are possibilities for hope trafficking victims that committed a crime while they were being trafficked have opportunities to apply for t having that taken off their record, vacature. And there are pro bono attorneys working, and I do believe that they have um, been working on this particular case as well. They have. And, but but the, they're running into all kinds of roadblocks. And it's, it's very difficult. Years ago, my mentor who was actually the founder, one of the founders of the center at Vanguard, did her research on women in prison for killing their batters. So a lot of the same issues that we deal with with domestic violence are the same issues that we deal with with human trafficking. And I like to tell my students that we're about 20 years behind the domestic violence field where we now there is a defense, a battered wife defense. There are laws for vacature. There are ways we've been able to get women off of life without parole, um, even though they've served 20 and 30 years. So I believe that's coming. It's just a little slow at this point. And, and it takes changing people's mindset. There is this idea that if the perpetrator was a child, that yes, we can create an exit strategy for them. But if she's over 18, 19, 20, then somehow that it, she made a decision to do the wrong thing without taking into consideration, and it takes a, a whole team of experts to pull that kind of defense together, but there's lots of evidence of um, trauma and how trauma interrupts developmental stages. And so I think, I think that um, we need to do a better job. I'm so glad you raised that because so many of these kids are throwaways and that's why the kind of reintegration programs like Didi has are so important because they can't get a job because they've got a record. And so that just becomes a vicious cycle. I also think the courts in trying to level whatever kind of justice they can do often do not how to do not how to evaluate and handle and certainly juries don't and i want Deirdre to speak to this if a trafficking victim comes up before a jury for committing a crime because they've been abused i think most juries especially if they're an adult and not a child as sandy pointed out they tend to say you should know better 
you should know better. You're an adult. You're not stupid. Okay, you had a rough life. You had a terrible exist a childhood. You were, you know, your father was this, your mother was that. But you should know better. Do you think that's true? Do you think the courts really can handle this? Do you think juries can? I guess the bigger question, since you're helping these young people to come and find that path, do you think society wants to deal with it, or do they want it to go away? Um, that's a great question, <clears throat> because in times that we're living in now, in this particular season of time, um, human trafficking is trending. So you have your your Epstein, you know, Netflix films. You you have your Wayfair, um, weird, really strange thing that happened there. You have movies and documentaries and, and just all this stuff spread all over to where it just trends. And, you know, I was making a comment that I had never seen some of the people who I follow on social media say anything about trafficking and then all of a sudden you know stuff was hitting the papers and the media and everybody was like oh save this do that whatever and i'm like no but do you really have any idea what you're doing you know and so the thing with this is that you get juries who are part of our communities who have been seeing all of these things and so they're building up in their own minds their own assumptions their own kind of conclusions and being swayed by culture and media um the problem is is that oftentimes when you will meet a survivor who came from youth, was brought through that system of trafficking and having somebody powerful and, and dominating over them, they get to a place in, you know, 16, 17, 18, where you and I might think, well, dang, you know, they should know, like, that's not right to, to tie two guys up and throw them in their trunk. But when she is under somebody else's control she doesn't really get a say in what she can and cannot do because if she was to say i'm not going to participate in a particular crime then the person who is over her is going to beat her maybe kill her uh she's going to get persecuted for whatever she's you know any kind of defiance so this is common amongst most of the survivors that you meet who are under that kind of uh, control um, I'm going to assume that might be the case in this situation where s- since she was so young and like um, Sandy said, even in her development, like trauma stagnated something, hindered something along the way. But most likely she didn't have a choice whether to participate or not other than maybe getting killed herself. So you have that's why it's so complicated when you have to take these kinds of cases to trial because you're going to have to be able to prove that she was scared to death of her uh, trafficker or pimp versus she's just using that as an excuse and everything she did out of her own will. So it does get a bit complicated, but I'm, I've never met any young person that said they're going to be, you know, want to grow up. They want to be uh, a sex traffic victim and they want to be controlled by a pimp. They'll do whatever he says. Like it's, it's a whole deceptive life that this young girl has probably lived. So that's uh, that's my thought on that. I mean, it's just based on my experience with survivors. I, I think your most powerful statement was you'd never met somebody that wants to grow up to be a sex a sex traffic victim. Mm-hmm. Think about that, Sandra. What do you say to that sentence? That's a pretty darn good sentence. Well, yeah, and for me, when I think about how the, especially when we're talking about our young people, and it happens to boys as well. Mm-hmm. They get lured into this, and they don't see themselves as a victim. They see themselves as finally somebody is interested in mm-hmm. me. Somebody appreciates me. Somebody wants me to be successful. And, yeah, I'm not comfortable with everything, but then when the rubber meets the road and there's a situation where law enforcement intervenes, the trafficking victim is also afraid of losing their security. So they don't want to lose the only person that's going to take care of them. And many times when they're, I don't even like using the word rescue, they're recovered, as soon as they leave, they go back to the same situation. It ties in, I think, to what Deirdre said about they don't have a future when they leave. What do they do if they're not enrolled in in your program in your culinary program who's there to pick them up who's there to give them a job they certainly aren't going to get admitted to school well and that's one of the things i love about what we do at vanguard because we do have a scholarship program because some of these kids they are so smart and they're so talented and if we just give them a little bit of help 
they're going to change generations of abuse and exploitation. So how does that work? You brought that up. I didn't know about that. Oh, you didn't. Oh, oh gosh. I love it. It's been really challenging during COVID, but um, we try to help young people get into a college education and we provide a lot of extra resources for them, extra support because they were often didn't even get to finish high school so they have to get a GED all of those kinds of things but our gap scholarship is for me one of the best things that we do on that note it's time for our next break Deirdre when we come back I want you to share some stories about the kids in the Culinary Institute and make it as personal as you'd Mm -hmm. like to be ladies and gentlemen I'm Bruce Cook and this is the conversation with Dr. Sandra Morgan, Deirdre Pulhos. We will be right back. Don't go away. Angels Radio. AM 30. Hello, Gene here with Dr. Sandra Morgan, Director of the Global Center for Women and Justice at Vanguard University. The center's research has empowered students and anti-human trafficking experts to achieve real progress in the fight to eliminate this crime. Sandy, tell us what you've been doing. Gene, did you know 80% of human trafficking recruitment happens online? We've empowered over 1,200 high school student leaders to educate their peers who are at risk. And our annual Insured Justice Conference drew 425 professionals all focused on research and strategies to end human trafficking. Also, we provided four scholarships to survivors rebuilding their lives. We have so many opportunities to make an even greater impact. With strong community support, it will happen. Please join us by going online to give. Go to gcwj.org forward slash give. Every day, friends, family, and neighbors struggle with emotional pain. For some, this can include thoughts of suicide. Though the warning signs can be subtle, they are there. Go to suicideispreventable.org and learn how to recognize the signs, start a conversation, and connect someone to help. You have the power to make a difference, the power to save a life. Learn more at suicideispreventable.org. Supported by the Orange County Healthcare Agency through the Mental Health Services Act. City of Hope Orange County is a safe place to receive world-class cancer care, and nothing matters more to us than your health. I'm Dr. Hang Dang, breast surgical oncologist at City of Hope Newport Beach. Every day in Orange County, five women are diagnosed with breast cancer. Early detection and treatment saves lives. So put your health first for yourself and your family, and don't let COVID keep you from the cancer care you need. City of Hope Orange County is here for you. Make an appointment today by calling 949-763-2204 or visit cityofhope.org slash Newport Beach. Asking for help in life takes bravery. Women addicted to alcohol and drugs know this very well. Most suffer silently while their lives fall apart, their children and their families in crisis. For more than 40 years in Southern California, New Directions for Women has helped addicted women recover in a nationally recognized treatment facility in Costa Mesa. Their doors are wide open It just takes the first step. Call New Directions for Women. The number is 888-786-0509. Again, 888-786-0509. You can also visit them at www.newdirectionsforwomen.org. New Directions for Women. They know recovery. Angels Radio, AM 830. Well, we've got some new music on in our commercial transition. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce Cook. This is the Bruce Cook Conversation. Tonight, our special guest, Dr. Sandra Morgan, Director of Global Center for Women and Justice at Vanguard University. And my special guest, Deirdre Pulhos, part of the angels family Mm -hmm. and we are here tonight to make a difference and change people's lives and i'm proud of that i hope you are too if you're listening this is really important stuff i asked deirdre before the commercial break to talk about some of the special people the young people at her culinary institute 
that are learning a trade so that they can come out of the cycle of abuse and violence and then hopefully move on to a better life. I ask for some personal and uh, probably some emotional comments. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the the stories across the board are pretty powerful of the individuals who are coming through. When I initially started the Culinary Institute, I thought I was building an institution for um, individuals who are coming out of sex trafficking or labor trafficking um, you know that in, that industry that world uh, but as we started to build relationships in the Orange County community we realized how many actual vulnerable populations there are and so that's when we really opened our doors to other groups of people like the people who are coming out of incarceration out of homelessness foster care veterans domestic violence human trafficking um, and on and on and so it's been really powerful the the people who have come through our program and the success or and the challenges that we've seen because quite honestly um there are some people who have come through the program who come from you know addictive backgrounds addiction backgrounds and aren't able to actually stay on track and it's really frustrating for all of us because this program's free to all of them and we invest our whole entire lives into these people for you know, several months, and they're much different people at the end of the course when they graduate than they are when we first meet them, because one of the most um, important, more important than the culinary teachings that we do is the life skills program, which has been built by Judy Lamborn, and the reason is because I could teach you how to cook all day, but if I put you into a job with your brokenness, you won't keep your job very long, and people won't like you. And you won't get along with people, those kind of things. So we really uh, we, we really want to build a person's value, identity, purpose, passions. You know, we want to pull that stuff out of them that, you know, that we know that God says about them and try to get them to see that about themselves. And for somebody who's been through a trauma of any kind, it's not an easy task. But from the from my personal past and from Albert's you know upbringing, I know that it's possible. That's why I don't stop or let it be an excuse not to do what I do. Some of the stories that have been most powerful to me are the ones that um, come from the labor trafficking world. People who've been brought to America promise certain um, things, and it ends up being something totally different. You know, their passports are taken. um, They're given a very low wage, if any wage at all. Um, So they'd come to us, and you know, we oftentimes will ask them, what is your dream job in the culinary world? Do you want to bake? Do you want to cook? Is there a restaurant you'd really want to work in? So we try to go after what the person might want to do. Um, And there was a lady who came through the program. She said she would look out one of her windows at night. This is long before she knew us. And she would just like kind of pray and dream about working at Disney someday. And so after we trained her up through our program, we got her a job at Disney. That's and wonderful. It, it is. So that's a really good, and she was a labor trafficking victim. So it was a really one of our success stories. But there are other, one of my favorite populations of people to work with are men who are coming out of incarceration. Because of what I believe about men and their leadership in our communities, their leadership in our homes, um, I often feel like they're the ones who need to be built up. And so, and I'm not you know i don't want any listeners to take this out of context to where i i believe that you know men are superior and women in certain professions or whatever that's not even this conversation but there there are men who are living beneath their privilege and so um i've had several situations where you know they grew up in gangs grew up in poverty grew up in just a family generation of constant drama and drugs and prison and just cycles of it and we happen to have um, some siblings that work for our organization or for the business, actually, um, who both have been through that cycle of. And this this business is literally and the organization is literally changing the trajectory of that family's legacy. And these people have been taught and um, we're there to support them. Of course, they're in our space all day. We've given them these job skills. We build them up just every day. Every day, they're stronger people. Um so, and I've, there's so many stories, and I'm actually working on um, something right now with a production company, um, which is taking individuals who are coming out of incarceration and following them through our program and then putting them into success, which is what I say is 
when a student comes through our program and they walk into my life, their only option is to go into success, you know, whatever that looks like. We plan no, for success. No other option at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the stories go on and on. We we create some really powerful storyboards. We, we share people's stories um, on our website. And then we have five international programs that we run in countries around the world. And they also have their hundreds of graduates and their um, amazing success, success stories coming from slums of India or slums of Cambodia or coming out of trafficking in Cambodia, coming through the culinary program, or in Mexico City where we walk the streets and, you know, have these encounters with women who are on the thousands of them on the street prostituting, many who are trafficked. So it's all these experiences where I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, we, we have to create another alternative to, to encounter these people with. Um, it isn't like we're even after going after the bad guys. There's people who do that, but that's not what I do. I, I build the opposite thing, the kingdom thing, and I let them have an experience with God's love, and then they get to choose. Sandy, what do we say? Well, I just have to tell you, I was with Judy Lamborn at a restaurant one time, and they are thinking about how to build success for their students all the time. Mm-hmm. So the food came, and Judy's talking about, wow, that's my, oh, we could do that. And the next thing you know, they've called the manager over and Judy's giving them her card and saying, we want you to hire our graduates. Mm-hmm. And as as you're telling this story, I'm starting to think there are people in restaurants listening right now that could hire Open Gate International students. students. Mm-hmm. Uh, Didi brought up the term life skills, teaching life skills. At Global Center, oh, gosh. that's got to be an important aspect of that your teaching is. and your research of how to teach people. You know, just beyond the subject we're talking about of trafficking, I think Americans have lost their grip on what life skills are overall. I have to tell you, during COVID, I'm learning some new life skills, and so are my students, because we're teaching online, and we had to kind of make our classes smaller to accommodate all of that. So three times a week, I teach at 7 a.m. So it takes a very, very dedicated student to show up at 7 a.m. And not fall asleep. Right, right. So so I think, wow, this is a great experience for them. But the life skills for someone who has been in survival mode mm-hmm. for a long time, doesn't have a home to go to, doesn't know where they're going to sleep tonight, that is a whole nother set of, of education tools that we need to have. They need to know how to get to work on time. Mm-hmm. And if you're not gonna make it on time and you need grace, you need to call. Things that I grew up, I knew, they don't know. They don't have that experience. And that's one of the big benefits. Let me interject another really big issue. And I, I don't, I'm sure it has a tremendous impact, but I wanna hear from the two of you. Didi, what about drugs and alcohol? You you touched on that. Uh, the, those that are addicted that mm-hmm. that come to you, how much harder is it to make that change? Well, in our particular program, uh, we we have kind of a two layered vetting system. So we partner with organizations who are already working with individuals who are trying to come out of different cycles or systems. If it's homelessness or uh, the veterans, if it's uh, people coming out of incarceration, oftentimes most ninety. Eight percent of the time we're encountering those individuals from already existing programs so they're on their way into that workforce you know mode um and so but again we we have our own system as well within open gate international but the thing is is that um with addictions addictions really have only happened because there's a root deep down in some point in this person's life that um, created this need to, ha- to, to, to cover up, to mask, to whatever. Pretty soon it's a physical addiction to where you know you actually need a thing or your body's going to go into convulsions and you know it, you could get sick because that's how people who are on, on the harder drugs do. Um, but typically in our particular program, we 
they're already outside of that space and we're an extra added support with our life skills. Um, but that's where our life skills is so critical is because we're teaching them things about who they are they didn't believe before. We give them an opportunity to have hope where there was none before. You know, Judy Lamborn, like, will teach them super basic things like workplace uh, conflict, how to, how to resolve that without, you know, having a big mess, to all the way to things like forgiveness, unforgiveness. When you have unforgiveness in your heart, what does it actually do to you as a person? These are things that that uh, corporate America should be doing within their uh, institutions because at the end of the day, if you go to work and you've got trauma in your life at any place, it's going to, uh, un- you know, at some point unveil itself in your workspace. Absolutely. So we really want to go after the person. And, and that's where I think we are a different type of, of program. Sandy, I have a, a tough question for you about drugs and alcohol, specifically drugs when it comes to sex trafficking. We know that the traffickers use drugs as a way to control their victims. I want you to speak to that when we come back from our third break. So I'm giving you a little notice. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bruce Cook with Deirdre Pulholz and Sandra Morgan. This is the Bruce Cook Conversation, and we will be right back. Angels Radio, AM 830. Hello. G. Morgan here, reminding you that human trafficking for sex and forced labor is happening here in Orange County. You also need to know that the Global Center for Women and Justice at Vanguard University is recognized as a leader in the fight to end modern day slavery. Won't you join me in supporting the Global Center? Together, we can make a difference. To give, go to gcwj.org forward slash give. The census is happening now. Your participation will help your family and the Orange County community. It only takes a few minutes. Answering the nine easy questions supports better schools, food assistance programs, emergency services, and more. Your answers are kept confidential by law, and there is no citizenship question. Everyone counts. Take the census online at my2020census.gov or by phone at 844-330-2020 by September 30th. Does learning a language feel like this? No habla espanol? Hablo. It's hablo? Yes. It's hablo. <laughs> bon dia, like good, good day, good morning, I think. I can say, je m'appelle David, but that's probably it. When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. This year is my year to get fluent in Spanish, and Babbel is definitely going to help me do that. The app is so easy to use, and it's so practical. It helps you learn things that you will actually need. Since my husband is from Guatemala, I'll apply what I've learned in Babbel to our real-life situations. I've tried other language learning apps and nothing really stuck. Babbel's been a complete game-changer for me. Hoy es miércoles y el clima está muy bueno afuera. Estoy con fome. Yo no tomé café de mañana. Je suis des Etats-Unis et du vient too. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com to start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Asking for help in life takes bravery. Women addicted to alcohol and drugs know this too well. Most suffer silently while their lives fall apart, their children and families in crisis. For more than 40 years in Southern California, New Directions for Women have helped addicted women recover at our nationally recognized addiction treatment center in Costa Mesa. Our door is wide open. Take the first step. Call us at 888-786-0509 or visit us at www.newdirectionsforwomen.org. Again, 888-786-0509. New Directions for Women. We know recovery. Angels Radio, AM 830. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Bruce Cook. This is the Bruce Cook Conversation. I like that music. Sandra, I asked you the question before the break. 
traffickers using drugs to control their victims. How pervasive, how horrible, and how can we stop that? I think that it happens, but it is not as common as people believe. And if you think about it from a business perspective, you can't sell someone who's completely flaked out on drugs. And someone who is on drugs is not going to work very well, and people are going to notice it in in a kitchen or wherever they're working. So most of the time, the coercion... Mm -hmm that happens in human trafficking is through psychological means. There's no chains, there's no ropes, don't give me handcuff pictures. It's all in their minds and they often see the perpetrator as someone who loves them. And if they have that emotional bond, they will defend their perpetrator and do what they ask for. So it's really important to begin to understand how you identify why that victim is complying. And I start teaching and you just gonna have to give me the sign to stop. <laughs> well, I think that's, uh, that's very clear. We only have a few minutes left. And I'd like to end by asking Didi a very personal question and then coming back to you, Sandy, to plug Priceless. Are you going to ask her where Open Gate International <laughs> Kitchen is? No, you're going to tell us when we close the show. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to ask her instead. You talked in, earlier in the program about changing your life and in that dorm room and, and just knowing that there was a, uh, something better for you. Mm-hmm. Is there one moment? Is there something that happened? Is there a trigger? Was there a light in the in the sky? What was it that turned you around for good and uh, put you on this path to help other people? Yeah. Um, well, when I got pregnant with my daughter when I was 20 and I was alone and, you know, thousands of dollars in debt, no f education past high school, uh, really just kind of lost and empty. When I got pregnant with her, it was really when I was like, oh, my gosh, like I, I can't get any lower than where I'm at. You know, I had I realized I was going to be responsible for another human being and I wanted to clean my life up. I went back to a church that I had been um, taken to as a teenager, invited to um, because I I knew at that point if anybody, nobody, no other human being had an answer for me. It was going to be God that like showed me or didn't show me. And and he showed me I fell madly in love with with Jesus uh, who is my Christ and really from the solid rock in which I built my life and my in my life and shortly after I met I had I had my daughter who was born with Down syndrome most people know our story and um, I had my first kind of real God experience in that in that moment um, but when he starts to show himself to you 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 only want more of him you know you want you want more of that so that early 20s was really where my life began to go okay I'm going to do this in a in a different kind of way you know I'm going to do this in his way then shortly after I had Bella I met Albert and you know just kind of told Albert like because he was really still in high school when I met him you know a lot of people know that story and I was like hey I am hanging out with this guy named Jesus and if you want to be in my life you must know him like you know like so I invited him to church and we just kind of built this really child childlike faith together but once he got into the big leagues and we realized how quickly like wildfire um that people were going to come at us and the life would change that's really when we went e even deeper to understand our faith and what we were here for and that's what we've been trying to do for 20 years so and that's a beautiful story and i thank you for sharing mm -hmm. i hate to cut you off but we only have two minutes left sandra wrap us up talk right. about so priceless and we can get the address also for the okay. Culinary Institute. Let me tell you that what Didi just said, um, Vanguard University is a private Christian school, and the Global Center is founded on the justice that you find in Proverbs 31 that tells us, be a voice for those who have no voice. Mm -hmm. Ensure justice for those being crushed. And ensuring justice for those being crushed is a lot of what we do at Vanguard in the Global Center. We create pathways so that our students become investigators and attorneys and social workers. And we engage our community in education. We do the Ending Human Trafficking podcast because education is a powerful 
weapon. Join us at Priceless. It's really easy to RSVP. Go to gcwj.org and click on Priceless and RSVP for next Saturday at 11 a.m. And if you're in Costa Mesa this week, Monday through Friday from 11 to 1. Two. Two. Thank you at 350 Clinton. What's on the menu, Deirdre? Uh, we have good food. We have bowls that are really popular. We have hamburgers. We have paninis. We have salads. And we're really kind of famous for our fr- truffle fries. Um, and, yeah, at 350 Clinton at the at this building called the Hood Kitchen Space, um, and we are going to start opening for breakfast again in October. So Why didn't you bring excited. truffle fries to the studio? Because it's only open Monday through Friday. Oh, that's the for re- now. For that's now. the reason. <laughs> Sandra, once again, talk about Priceless. How do we find out about it? Go to gcwj.org or find the Global Center for Women and Justice on Facebook. It will be Facebook Live. We want you to have a watch party and Part of our goal with Priceless, yes, we have to raise our budget. We're an externally funded center, but we want more people to become educated so they can be part of the solution. Mm -hmm. We all need to be part of the solution, ladies and gentlemen. We sure know that in in these trying times of COVID. I hope you're not out there breathing in all that bad air today. We're told that uh, it will hopefully dissipate within the next couple of days, so... As we sign off tonight on Angels Radio, I'm Bruce Cook with Deirdre Pulholz, Dr. Sandra Morgan, and we wish you all a peaceful, healthy, happy week. Stay safe, ladies and gentlemen, and come back again to Angels Radio next Sunday night, 6 o'clock, for the conversation. You've been listening to the Bruce Cook Conversation. Hear the Bruce Cook Conversation on Sundays at 6 p.m. Pacific on AM830 KLAA. And hear the podcasts of every show on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public.